welcome to Bonehead. Are you ready? By the way, I should have said before, welcome to Bonehead. Are we good to go? <laughs> and immediately we, we start we fucking up. Right, we're rolling, rolling, rolling. rolling. What? Welcome That's to... right, Limb Biscuit still rocks. <laughs> Put your Kung Fu grip on him, Joe. Put your Kung Fu grip on him. I'm not touching him. He's got foot and mouth disease. <laughs> Everybody was And coming. Lyme disease. And Lyme and disease. And perhaps the bubonic plague. And a bad case of halitosis. <laughs> Did he? Uh-oh, West Nile now. Looks like. <laughs> no, I didn't tell you to quit. <laughs> Welcome to Bonehead. So, we've got Blake Best today. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you, gentlemen? Well, we're okay. I'm sitting here holding the pillow. And I'm very itchy. It's better than biting it. <laughs> that, is, that is the worst combination of thoughts ever. <laughs> For our fans out there, Chad was at a lake and was bitten by many, many ticks. And those many, many tick bites are very, very itchy. <laughs> Turns out. Have you, have you tried a... putting calamine lotion on them? Doesn't work. Well, of course, you have to be special. When they don't Turns want out he's allergic to Mother Nature. Did God want him to survive? <laughs> allergic to Mother Nature or parent? Well, I guess Tweet us at Bonehead <laughs> and give us your opinion on whether Chad should have survived. I guess parasitic arachnids are technically Mother Nature, but... Well, yeah, we're all part of Mother Nature, yeah, technically. Y'all yeah, yeah, yeah. want to get back to this? No, no. Be Goldberg. <laughs> Thank you, James. I anyway, that. we have Blake on the... On, on, on the... On the... the Whoopi Goldberg. You know, she was the voice of Gaia. Yeah. Mother Earth on... Captain and she Planet. played... Guinan. Yeah, that's on Star Trek. That, that's all true. Yes. Can we get back to <laughs> later on? We're going to have Mick Strawn on, and you guys are going to talk about your book, and you're going to talk about the Kickstarter that's starting. Now, Maybe we... if you don't quit, if you stop drifting into you know whatever the hell it is you're doing over there, I'm going to say right now, favorite ring. Mine was heart. <laughs> <laughs> mine was fire. What does that say about me? Uh, anyway, Joe's was wind. Because God knows he's got a lot of. <laughs> of course it, it was. <laughs> I hope a tick bites you. Too late. Too late. <laughs> yes. Anyway, back to what we were saying. So we've had you on the show previously. We would like to start talking about some of the other things that you've been doing. So can you t start talking to us about your music career? Because, I mean, you're a prof professional musician. I was, yes, uh, for many years. Uh, I sort of began that on accident. I learned to play guitar at a very young age. I was about 13 when I started. And then uh, by age 18, I, I'd gotten fairly good enough to uh, start trying to find a band, you know, because every teenage guy with issues at home wants to start a band. And you Every know, teenage kinda... guy wants to start a band with or without the issues at home. Don't you think? Well, okay, the, the issues, let me put it this way. The issues kind of pushed me off in that direction a little bit harder uh, than yeah. most other people. But, yeah, so I started a band, and that kind of didn't work. And then... Uh, then I went to college, and then I started a band while I was in college, and then that did work. And then uh, I did some work as a session guitarist. You know, I went and played on records and played for uh, metal groups, Christian rap groups. I uh, did some country work. I did some songwriting, you know, sessions with some with some uh, artists, and uh, just to help develop their sound. And then my band got signed. We were a metal and hardcore band, sort of in the same vein of uh, melodic stuff like Killswitch Engage, Shadows Fall, Seven Dust. Um, so it was really melodic. We got signed, and I did that for five years. And then what was the name of your band? Uh, Bridge to Oblivion. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I know. A weird title, right? But it was sort of this whole idea for me. A bridge connects I was going right? to say, if you used your initials, you would have been sued for copyright infringement. 
BTO. <laughs> BTO, Bruce Timlin. Oh, Lockman Turner. <laughs> We're going to go see BTO. <laughs> what? Yeah. what? No, we didn't use our initials, but... Uh, but What's the whole this idea American band shit? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but a bridge connects you, but what if the bridge that connected you led you to everywhere and nowhere at the same time? And that, in my opinion, is the true definition of oblivion. It's everything and nothing all at the same time, sort of like chaos. So uh, I, I was an English major and have an English degree, and I did all that stuff in college. So that kind of came out. I was smart metal. I was smart core, I guess, right? Is that... I see you pointing to James. Okay, you got something to say, James? No, no, I was about to say my, my background, <laughs> I did English as well. And that's actually, you, you talked about playing session. One question I actually have about that, because so many people do that, but you said you did country, you did kind of Christian rap, and things. how did you, for lack of a better term, switch gears between that? Those seem like pretty... You use a clutch. Thanks, Joe. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> is there a process for getting ready to do that or is it just doing the music play with your ticks well i usually would get a demo of uh this of the music that was you know already in existence before i added my touch to it and uh if i felt the connection with the music i sort i have to feel a connection with it in order to to be able to take myself into that full creative kind of mindset because i mean you could hear something that'd be good all day long but if something speaks to you and it compels you to be a part of it, that sort of always was what my what my guide was as far as that as far as that kind of a you know decision was. But yes, I mean I I liked you know oh, this song is about you know losing my father at a young age, or this song is about finding God you know when I felt like I didn't have anything, or this song is about coming out of a dark place and uh, and finding uh, you know positive things and seeing the light at the end of the tunnel and. Uh, and this sort of thing. And most often what I dealt with was things that didn't have a lot of cursing in it, which is quite funny because I curse like a sailor. Anybody that knows me knows that. Um, but when it comes to music stuff, I always sort of had the mainstream mindset. I wanted everything that I played to be on the radio because that was my dream was to be, a, you know, a signed uh, rock and roll musician. And, and it came to pass. And, and that also helped me later on when I switched genres because I was always known as, well, Blake's session guitar, but he was also the founder of that really, really awesome, you know, metal group that was really melodic and they were signed and they toured the country. So he's got experience. Maybe that would, you know, edge him in a little bit easier than, uh, than Joe Nobody next door, who's maybe done a record or two, even though he's good, they tended to oftentimes gravitate towards somebody that had the experience of um, being a band leader, orchestrating music, as well as performing the music, and uh, and somebody that had a melodic touch, because oftentimes in heavier music, the melodic touch is lost, yeah. uh, because it's all about impact, and oftentimes impact is uh, impact is measured in in uh, uh, sound versus uh, lyrical content or, you know, message. Okay. How did you, you were talking about working as a session guitarist. I would imagine that you, you get those jobs through relationships, correct? So who gave you your first kind of session guitar? Hey, we're going to pay you for this. Do you um, remember that? Well, the first session guitar, I, you know, sort of the first, very first session I did was actually a free session, believe it or not. Um, I, I went to high school with the guys, and I knew them all. So that was already, we had an established relationship, and they figured out and learned through, you know, other friends that I played. And and um, so that's what it was. Oftentimes, I would, I would take really strange uh, deals. That was notorious for taking a strange deal. 
Like I would take a few yeah. bucks or I would take, you know, studio time because I was always pumping out uh, music. I mean, I, to my, to this day, I probably got over two or 300 different recorded songs and a handful of them have been on the radio and the others have been used as demos to teach guitar classes or been used as exercises in melodic approach and theory. Um, but the first real big, uh, payment I got was when my band uh, got signed and we played uh, several shows where I would work for 45 minutes and then get $250 in cash, mm -hmm. you know, and, and for 45 minutes work, that's not a bad haul uh, at all. And um, uh, the venues oftentimes, you know, mostly paid in cash. Uh, so it, it wasn't like I had to take it to the bank and get it, you know, deposited and, you know, wait for it to roll over, you know, and cash a check or, or whatever like that. So I oftentimes would get paid in cash and, I always played a lot of shows in in conjunction with each other. I've, I was uh, at one point playing seven or eight shows a week. Mm -hmm. And I was playing uh, bass guitar and doing backing vocals and, and songwriter for another group that was just a modern rock outfit, sort of in the same vein of uh, yeah. Coheen Cambria and Nickelback, sort of that kind of thing. So I played bass and did backup vocals there. Um, so I was playing in two groups at the same time. And when one band wasn't doing shows, the other one was. Uh, oftentimes they would do shows you know, both in the same week. So one night, Monday and Tuesday, I'd be playing with a metal group. And then Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, I'd be playing with a modern rock group. And then Saturday, I'd be playing with the metal group. And Sunday, I'd be playing with the, the modern rock group at Joe's Crab Shack. You know, we would be doing an acoustic session up there at the restaurant because they liked our sound. And uh, yeah, they were, you know, they, they were on the verge of being signed too. It's crazy. I got really lucky. I was in two groups, one of which was completely signed and the other one, that was on the verge of being signed. And then as things happen, they fall apart. Um, I retired from that business in 2013, but I came back for a short time in 2015 and did one song with a band. Uh, his song was a big hit and got put on the radio and then they disbanded. So after that, I was like, well, that's my, that's my cue. That's my sign. Uh, I'm going to, you know, here's your sign. <laughs> well, what, what, just, what was you know, the band? What was the song? The song was called Falling, and the band was called A Life Below Zero. Okay. And it's, it's on YouTube. It's on iTunes. It's still, I mean, I still get royalties from that, and that's all fine and good, but... LBZ would be I, okay. <laughs> ALBZ, yeah, would be fine. Yes. yes that would be fine. <laughs> that's my contribution. Oh. Good night! <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's uh, that was sort of how it, uh, how it started and how it ended, and then I decided to take a break, excuse me, and then just concentrate on movie scores and film project stuff. And I got a job as a screenwriter uh, for a YouTube web series that uh, never even, you know, it got stuck in production hell. That happens a lot in Hollywood mm -hmm. is, you know, you'll have a project and then a script and then nothing will happen. You know, mm -hmm. you'll get, you'll get it out there and then, uh, you know, there's a director changes or they decide to, to recast and then that changes everything. So we did that's another episode perspective on that. that we share, Mick and I, being in the business. You know, I've screenwritten, I've done composing, yeah. I've acted in a few things, and then I, I like to be behind the camera more than I am in front of it. So, Yeah, we just did a whole episode with Del Toro about things that weren't done, that were never done, you know, that were caught because of Gilmero being so famous for almost, well, not as famous, but he is famous for the shit that just never got done. Oh, yeah. And the things that it was attached to. So we, we were able, actually able to do a whole episode on that, Matt. I'm kind of interested. So when you quit music in 13, what was the reason? Family and kids? No, 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 no. I didn't, ha I didn't have kids until 
way later. Um, well, you know, about a year and a half later, I, I was burnt out for being on the road. I was traveling all the time. I was missing things at home. My, my mother fell ill. Um, and then I decided to kind of take a break from that. They had a guy that was, that replaced me on the road and he would play the stuff that I wrote, but it didn't really, it didn't really mesh well with the other guys. So a short time later, they all disbanded. And by that point, the band had been around for pretty close to seven and a half years, eight years. So it had been, it it had been, um, off and on, uh, you know, they disbanded completely in 2014. And when I founded the group, it was 2007. And then we got signed in 2009. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's about right. About seven years. So, I mean, it's a pretty, pretty decent little run, but yeah, I retired and, you know, took care of some family things. And then I met my wife, um, who we, you know, she and I met in uh, college, uh, while we were both freshmen and we were, we were friends. I was friend zoned like crazy. So that movie just friends kind of holds a, a special candle, you know, in my mm-hmm. heart, uh, because I, I was that guy. Um, and, uh, we got together and then started dating and then children. And then, you know, we got married and, you know, she's been a super supportive force in my life. She's probably one of the most positive things to ever come out of all the turmoil that I had back in, back in my earlier years. I give her all the credit in the world. She's also manages my career, you know, and, and helps me make decisions based on, um, you know, business with the books and, and cons. And, and she's actually uh, going to be appearing with me at uh, several of these um coming up soon so i'm glad to have her by my side and she's a a huge fan of horror so uh uh it it really is amazing to sort of meet the complete opposite of you physically but the complete you know uh basically she's the same that i as you know as i am as far as what we like and our taste and things but she's attractive that's the difference (laughs) i wouldn't say that you're talking about the opposite. Are you saying my wife is ugly? You're you're a very sexy man. So are you saying your wife is not that attractive? No, I'm saying my wife is absolutely gorgeous. I don't know what I did. Uh, God must have uh, looked down at all my hardship and said, "Well, you've been through enough. Let's put something really awesome in your life." And that's sort of how I always looked at it. Because growing up, how I did, I never thought anything like that would ever happen to me. Yeah. Um, because that wasn't the norm for me. Uh, I grew up in a in an aberration of a life. So <laughs> I guess that's why I gravitated towards horror, which we talked about in the, uh, right, in the other previous episode. episode that we did together. But yeah, that's sort of where it went. And I did some composing and stuff and then I still fooled around with it, but mostly I write now. So, well, you, you were just talking about con. So why don't I see that you've signed to do a few of them? What are you going to be doing? Well, I'm going to be doing uh, Creepy Con. Creepy Con is in Knoxville, Tennessee. And do these people need moderators? <laughs> Sorry, What's... keep going. I said, do these people uh, I need I moderators? I suggest if you if you would like to go, hit them up. I will provide you those links after the show. I suggest um... that most people don't want anything to do with me except for two cons, but keep going. <laughs> but uh, Creepy Con, this is the second year that it's happening. It's based in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, and it's, it's you know, got a, a huge buzz about it and um i was aware of it uh before um so i had seen posts about it but really didn't know much about it and then uh uh i kind of you know contacted them and i was like well you know i have this book coming out and and all that and they were very gracious to have me as a guest and i'll be there with um naomi grossman who played pepper in american horror story Uh uh-huh 
So, um, and I'll be doing some panels and I'll be there with a couple of other writers and there's going to be all kind of amazing stuff. There's going to be a, a book signing. I'm going to do some, some autographs. I've got some photo ops set up because I'm bringing some props. Uh, I have some props from Night Run Elm Street 4 that are all screen used and most of it is stuff that no one has ever seen. So I'm, I'm bringing those items with me on the road so that I can do a photo shoots, uh, you know, with those and people can pose for photos. And then uh, I'll sign uh, anything that you bring, copies of my book, uh, pictures, um, body parts. I've been asked to do that. So uh, within reason, within reason. <laughs> I, I saw uh, that. I saw that. podcast crew, Joe is uh, pushing <laughs> his biceps. What bicep? Uh, <laughs> do you know what bicep is? Pecs. Pecs. Yeah, yeah. Biceps Peck. are. Peck. Peck. My name is Peck. I'm pointing at my big toe. These are biceps, right? Yes, no. those are biceps. No, that's my tick bite. Oh, it itches. Oh, my God, the Lyme diseases ate his brain. If it hadn't already been for the chlamydia, he would probably be in halfway decent shape. Uh, the, uh, clap the on. Be there. But um, I, I've, so actually, uh, I've actually met Naomi Grossman. So I, I did their panel. They did an American Horror Story panel a couple yeah. of years ago. at. Uh, she sat right next to me. Scarefest, yes. Yeah, at Scarefest, yeah. She won't remember me, don't, so don't worry about bringing me up. <laughs> You go, see, you remember that fat guy that was sitting next to you? <laughs> but anyway, so you got Creepy Con, and you'll be doing some photo ops and signing some books and all that. What else do you have? Is there another con? Um, um, I've got a planned appearance. I can't go into a lot of detail on it, but it's uh, Vegas is where it will be. Um, the last time I was in Vegas, we were aware of what happened there. Yeah. Is that um, Vegas of the Lost Variety? <laughs> yes, yes, Chad. There's... Yes, that is. I Las bet you Vegas. there's another Las Vegas in the United States. I'm sure there is, I Chad. Bet there is another Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> there's China Vegas. So I am sorry that I was unclear on that. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Uh, That's yes, what we're here uh, for, uh, brother. I, the last time I was in Las Vegas. In <laughs> and uh, that would be uh, in the state of Nevada. 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 I was inducted and did all that fun stuff and did a book signing and some autographs and stuff there. So I imagine I'll be doing a little bit, you know, more of the same this time. Yeah. And then I've got a couple other ones, and I reached out to Scarefest, but. Let me let me let me clear this up one more time, and it's not a clear for you, but for our guests as well, or for our listeners and our watchers, we have no zero input on anybody that gets to come to Scarefest. Uh, when did I ever ask you to be You did not. I want. It's not for you, sir. It's for the people who are listening and watching that tend to ask us. Oh. Does that make sense, Blake? It does make sense. I was just like, wait a second. No, 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 no. It's a little strange. If it were left up to us, it would look like a bunch of producing... It would be a bunch of writer, directors, and production people. Yeah, yeah, because I've... I mean, to me, the writers are the ones that create that world, and we talked about that the last episode, is the writer creates the world, and it, it and I'm fascinated by those people. Um, so yeah, Joe's right, it would look, uh, but we It do, would look stark, very different, yeah. We, we get stopped occasionally by just random people, and it's like, can you get this person from Scarefest? No, we don't have a say. Oddly enough, you know, Comic Con's bigger, but I don't get it, I get it for Comic, but not as much as I do Scarefest, but, yeah. Yeah, but no, yeah, well, that was just for our audience. I, we would love that. I would think it'd be great to have you and Mick back at Scarefest. Yeah. Oh, I would like to. And like I said, I, I kind of came at his uh, request last time. Um, I wasn't originally going to come, you know, and, visit, and, and do the convention. And then I had some friends uh, show up and then I brought books with me on the off chance that, you know, I might sell some and somebody might like some. And I ended up doing a book signing right outside of Robert's photo op area. So then 
And I was like, okay, well, you know, and then Robert, of course, he, Robert and I always spend time together. So then I went upstairs with him and Mick and then did all that. And then I met you after Joe. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, and, and my wife, you'll remember, she was escorted out by uh, the security because they thought she was some rabid fan. Um, and they grabbed her and Robert England said, put her down. That's I do not. Story. I do not. I don't remember <laughs> that. I was, was that during the panel? That was that was uh, right before the panel, and then right after a group of guys, they grabbed me as well, Joe. And then I said, "I'm with them." And Lisa Wilcox and Robert Engel said, "That's Blake. He's uh, he's one of us. Put him down." Yeah, I don't. <laughs> they put I don't. Me down. I don't remember it. It was a cluster, and so many things went wrong before that panel, and I ended up getting yelled at over a couple of things. If it makes you feel any better, uh, it doesn't. Probably does it. Probably doesn't. <laughs> It probably doesn't. Everybody got to spend more time with Robert England than I did. So, well, I will be sure and give him your uh, my regards. regards. Uh, I owe him a drink. We were going to go out and have a drink and some dinner last time, but his table, as you well are aware, uh, six and seven hour lines there. So, yeah, we talked for just a brief few minutes, and he told me a great story about he and Tarantino, and uh, but and actually the person who took his attention away from me. And I didn't know him yet. Was Mick Strong? <laughs> it was Mick. Mick has to take it. He has to be the center of fucking attention. Well, it, you know what? I'm telling this, and I've not told you all this, but in retrospect, it was Mick Strong. I didn't know it at the time because this long-haired dude comes up and gets his attention and goes, "Robert, this is blah blah blah. I know. Will you sign his glove?" <laughs> and he had a Freddy glove, and he was signing it for some kid that Mick was trying. And now that I know Mick, I'm sure whoever he was doing it for. He was trying to be a kind, wonderful human being, but Robert and I were having a conversation. <laughs> that Joe, Joe, what did you say about a glove? He got a glove signed for some kid. Yeah, I, a it wasn't some kid. Robert signed my glove. Oh, you son of a bitch! Robert, <laughs> Robert had been trying to sign something for me forever, and it just didn't. It didn't work out. Would you be kind and pass that to me? The one that's signed. My wife just popped into the office. You'll see her. Oh, yeah. She can come on camera if she wants to. How you she doing? She kind of hates the camera, but oh, this really? is the glove you're talking about right yeah. here. Ah, he's got a third arm. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's it? Is that the one he got signed? I thought it was for a kid. No, it wasn't for a kid. It was for me. Robert always wants to sign something for me, and I haven't had anything signed by Robert prior to this. So Robert and the rest of the cast signed it. I've got Ricky, T Amanda, uh... Andres, Danny, Alice, Mick, they all sign it. I mean, they, they'll they sign, you know, that's kind of how they, they just sign whatever I want, you know, and it was really nice of them to do it, but my wife thought it would be a good idea for my birthday to do that. But they, they said you could say hi. Hey, what up? My name's they Joe. They can only see your breath. I was going to say, hi, Bart Simpson. <laughs> hi, Bart Simpson. <laughs> hi, Bart, hi, Bart Simpson. I so. was going to make a comment, but I didn't know Blake that well enough to make the joke. How are you? I'm so sorry about you? your, uh, uh, what's the, uh, I oh, forgot what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. I remember. I'm sorry for your taste in men. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. He's a wonderful human being. And I'm sorry you got escorted out of the room at Becca's Scarefest. I did, and then I wound up studying for a biology exam with uh, Edward James Olmos, who apparently hated biology. <laughs> By the way, I have stories about Edward James almost. He he was nice to my kid who was so small at the time. He was only three three months old. And he was the nicest guy and no one showed up for his panel that year. Maybe 15 people. And he did a master's class for an hour and a half about art. It was one of the best things I've ever attended. That's true. And maybe 15 people. people were in there. Yeah, he's good people. 
he was super nice, but I didn't recognize him. I was just sitting there you know, studying and he sat down next to me and goes, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm studying for a biology exam. I went back to what I was doing. And he was like, oh, I think the answer is this for this one. And Blake came out and said, were you just talking to Edward James Olmos? And I'm like, who? <laughs> Yeah, apparently he asked why she was sitting outside and she said my husband is in there with Robert Englund in the panel and you know just kind of told you know, explain because he was wondering why she was outside by herself there my wife does not do big crowds which is funny because she loves going to conventions but she does not do big crowds guys I hang out with the kids I don't adults ugh. Yeah. I, like, I understand that I support that decision <laughs> well we all like going to Disney and hate crowds too yeah. so it makes no sense but it's yes I like going I'm to well, get, them to get me on to Scarefest and they said no, no I guess, they didn't say that they said they don't have any pool I figured they didn't and I was like wait a minute I didn't even ask you, they don't <laughs> even have pulled pork it's it, it was Sorry, in was reference to that we have uh, viewers and listeners who sometimes ask us it was what it was in reference to but yeah, that's beside the point. Oh. Yeah, Joe, Joe was that very happy bearded guy who basically tried to just like attack Mick Strong after the uh, after the <laughs> panel. He tried to jump his bones. I saw it. I mean, he is hot, but if so, I knew, something, I heard something about you have a nice ass, and then I just it was a, that you may have actually said that. I may have actually said that. That does not sound like you me. probably actually could have said that. That may have actually happened. <laughs> I'm so, not going to yeah. say that didn't happen. <laughs> I mean, I don't remember that. Go visit them. Oh, yeah. There's a story about Waffle House, guys. Uh, my wife and I took Mick out before the convention for breakfast. He met us. He said, why don't you guys let me ride with you? Uh, because he's cheap. Um, <laughs> so he rode with us. I can see that. Waffle House. My wife put some jelly in her purse or whatever to take with her. And she's, he was like... God damn it, Lisa, you steal stop stealing jelly. And then everybody's dropped their plates and forks and started looking at us. <laughs> oh, I got a better one. I've had a what? gun pulled on me at a Waffle House. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, no, 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 it was Chad, so it he probably was her. He was at the Tennessee border. By the waitress. Dick slashed onto his ass. That's what happened. They said, welcome. They said, they said welcome. <laughs> yeah. No, it was and it was the waitress that pulled the gun. Just say. Oh. <laughs> you would have stopped asking for extra food. As much as I love this conversation, this is more of us hanging out when you come in and drinking. So oh, I could tell a story. <laughs> it's, I don't know that our viewers were wanting to know about you getting had a gun pulled on you. Uh, we'll see. Actually, there's a lot of our viewers that want to pull a gun on him. Yes. That's so. true. That's true. That's true. That's true. Are you going to CreepyCon with him? Is it called CreepyCon? Yes, well, I'll be at CreepyCon and what was it, Sin City? Sin City Halloween in Las Vegas, yep. I want to go to Las Vegas. Vegas. It's her first time in Vegas. Oh my god, you've never been? You, no. you, you've got to, do you like to gamble? No. I don't either. Do <laughs> I like? have terrible luck. I do too. I know. Yo, obviously, look who you married. <laughs> I'm joking. Seriously, You're do you. an asshole of monumental proportions, <laughs> By the way, that banging on every the day, every day, <laughs> every day. By the every. way, the, uh, and I'm jo all jokes aside, if you like food, do you like food? Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Vegas is for food and the free shows. And, and there's and I a, was telling them all the good things about you and that you were my manager and you're the best thing that's ever happened to me. He also said you were beautiful and much better looking than him. And I can attest that you are 
much better looking than him. <laughs> I'd agree, 100%. <laughs> and she has a cool Bart Simpson t-shirt. Yeah, I was going to say, the Bart Simpson shirt, yeah. Yeah. So, do you want to talk about uh, any of your other projects or books before we bring on Mick? Well, it's up to you guys. I mean, uh, the props I want to talk about. Oh. Yeah, let's talk about the props. That's it. I'm so, so sorry these, to remind these, you. these are the props that uh, right. you're going to have touring with you? Nice meeting Aww. you. <laughs> it was a pleasure. So these will be the props that you'll be touring with. That's correct. Okay. I'll be touring with these. I'll show you a couple, and then we'll go. One of them actually was designed by Mick and his team. I'll show that one first. Uh, so what I've got here, this is a COA. I'm sure you're aware. Yeah. Yep. And what I've got is the chain from the Tuesday night death scene where Robert says, uh, why don't you reach out and cut someone? Mm-hmm. So yeah. that one will be really neat. And, and it's plastic, but they look metal. They, they look metal. And I think that they, they use that lower budget to their advantage because you can't tell on screen that they're plastic at all. Uh, and the other one, this is this is what exactly what you think it is. This is a surviving piece of Robert's sweater, the last surviving piece. Really? From the Chest of Soul sequence where he gets torn apart? Yeah. Yeah, and those came from Bill Forsh. Bill Forsh did Mac and Me. Bill Forsh did uh, The Howling Four. Bill Forsh did uh, Night Run Elm Street Four. And all, and Friday the 13th Part Six. He worked with Tom Laughlin and uh, C.J. Graham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, yeah, he worked for Steve Johnson on uh, Nightmare Four. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I got that stuff from him. And then I've sort of seen his, you've seen his script and the storyboards and all that. So that's the stuff I'm going to be bringing with me on uh on tour, so I, I think that I'll, that, and I'll probably bring the Freddy Krueger mask that's done by David Miller back here because it's a it's a stunt mask. It's from a different one of the films, but I think it'll be really good table candy, you know. It's got a great story behind it too. So yeah, yeah. It's so these, if if you want to see these, just to our audience, go to CreepyCon. Go absolutely. I'll be happy to see everybody. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I don't know exactly what the turnout is. I think last year there was, I, I want to say I read somewhere it was between six and 8,000 people. That's pretty, for a second year, that's pretty impressive. I mean. <clears> that's uh, not bad at all. What's the yeah, dates on, what's the dates for CreepyCon? It's August 24th and 25th. Okay. And uh, I will be there both days. At first I was going to be there just the Saturday, but uh, I decided to make some changes to my touring schedule and decided to go ahead and uh, do both days because I've never done one in my hometown, uh, you know, which is Nashville. I've never done one in my home state, Tennessee. So I was like, well, Knoxville's close enough. Um, uh, but I've been asked to do a couple other ones. I was asked by several people to see if I could get on and do the Full Moon Tattoo and Horror Festival. And I've got a call in with them. Uh, so that I could find out about that one. I would love to do that one because uh, they always get Kane Hodder. This year they've got C.J. Graham from Friday the 13th Part 6, and they've got Steve Dash, who was the uh, potato sack-headed Jason from right. uh, Friday the 13th Part 2. And then they've got a bunch of other really great guests. You know, Sid Haig always shows up, and then it's always a good time. But I've got a call in with them. And then I've got another one. Somebody asked me to do... Spooky Empire, but that has already passed, and I wasn't aware of it. So. Is that that, that uh, Spooky Empire is usually in Orlando, isn't it? They, they, it is, yeah. It's Orlando, and I think it was in one other place before, but mostly I believe it's based in. Mostly it's in Orlando, Orlando, yeah. A few years. Yeah, it's just, it's just. I don't know what to say. I get all these requests. I mean, I've had probably thirty or forty people the past couple of days ask me if I'm doing any more, and 
And it's just a matter of the cons reaching out to me. I mean, that's, that's all it is. Because I don't know. There's so many cons anymore uh, in all these different states and across the world, even. I just don't know. There's so many. I'm always hearing about a new one. I've heard about Texas Frightmare Weekend. I've heard about Mad Monster Party, Days of the Dead, which I was going to actually go to that as, a, as just a, a con goer. But they canceled it uh, in, uh, I believe it was... Um, Louisville, they canceled it yeah, yeah, until next they spring. Did. So I was a bit bummed out about that. A couple of my friends were going to be there, Ken Sagos and uh, Ira Hyden from Night Run Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors. Yeah. And I was going to go spend some time with them and get a photo op and just kind of hang out with the cast, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen, so I'm hoping for next year. Yeah. Uh, I, Texas Frightmare is really one of the big ones, It's and it's been around for quite some time. So that's I, you're probably like us, though. You're – You'll do most, I mean, the Boneheads will do any con that'll basically take care of us. You know what I mean? If you'll get us there or whatever, right? You... Yeah, yeah, that's the same. And, you know, some of these things, I mean, usually I get a, you know, I make an appearance fee and then I just, I, I, I usually what I ask for is accommodations to stay, you know, because it's not always easy to get a hotel. No. Um, you know, especially that close to to con time but yeah that's just you know just again it depends on what the arrangement is with the conventions but yeah i would love to come out there and and hang out and i would love to do Scarefest. i put in like i said i put in a call with uh with uh the the, the uh, booking at Scarefest, and i just haven't heard anything and now Scarefest is going to be i believe a weekend that i'm not going to actually be available now so it's like i was going to be available before but now i've got another con coming up so it looks like i've got three to four more on the horizon before the end of the year and i i just they all want to happen at the same time and i just i can't make it happen you know with yeah i wanted to go visit with robert and go do one with him but he's not doing the same ones i'm doing he's doing uh mask fest you know horror hound weekend and uh a couple of others and then everybody else is sort of doing their own their own thing mick has done uh crypticon in seattle yeah and he did you know i wasn't able to go to that one and then um He's done a few others, so I'm sure he'll be telling you more about his stuff when he comes on. But uh, if you guys want to call him, I, I just I feel like I'm a little on the boring side, and I don't mean to be. No, you're not boring at all. No, no, did, no, no. Did no, you no. read the books? No, it's on my queue of 45,000 bucks. <laughs> That's exactly what you said the last show. Brother, I am I not am, amused. He is this small, and he looks oh, like oh, no. Chad. Hey, Chad! <laughs> I like the business. <laughs> Of getting it all. Well, on. eventually, like I said, it is an award-winning book, and I hope that you guys will. At we some will point, take eventually it read it. James has read most of it, so we're going to. And Haley has read it all. Yep. Thank you, Haley. You're so awesome. You're welcome, Mike. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. So some of us have followed through. We're going to take a pause, uh, get Mick on, and then we'll continue the episode in a second. Hi, we at Bonehead, due to court-ordered community service, have to do a public service announcement. Remember when we took that week off? Anyway, um, because of this, we feel the need to talk to you about making sure that you... <laughs> making sure that you don't uh, incriminate yourself or others, but also be wary of ticks. It is tick season, and if you've been watching the episode, you know the dangers of ticks. Dangers such as... Bites, but also, since they've been sucking on Chad, Chadism. What is a Chadism? I don't know, but if it's contagious, do you want to be like Chad? Does cocaine kill it? <laughs> no. Oh, no. Then we're I pretty sure. We're pretty sure after exposing Chad to several different substances through the years, nothing can kill Chad. 
So if you think about it, if Lyme disease can be spread by ticks, can Chad be spread by ticks? Is it worth the risk? Do you want Chad spread over you? So be careful out there and watch for ticks. Thank you. And don't let Chad spread on you. Is that enough community service? Can I can I go now? Where's where's my tap dancing cross? (laughs) Where's my orange juice and vodka? (laughs) So welcome to Bonehead. Now we are joined not only by Blake, but Mick as well. How are you doing today, Mr. Strong? I am I I am just giggles. Have you completed your Steve Job voodoo doll? I <laughs> Steve Jobs. I don't, wait, 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 I don't, wait, 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 I don't know why it came I, out that way. Wait, 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 there is more to the story. <laughs> okay, so really quick so, to give anybody, everybody, you were on the phone with me driving two hours in God's country to find an <laughs> Apple Genius Store bar or something. Right? Your phone kept going out after we were talking about our fathers. No shit. By the way, was it even about the movie business, remember? It was about our fathers. I was talking about my dad's wine. Right? Right? And I'd been talking about my dad, and then we the phone finally was like, I I give up. I'll call you when I'm done or something later. And then I looked down in Facebook, and he's been kicked out of the Genius Bar. Correct? You were forcibly removed. Absolutely. I was 86 from a genius from the genius bar and I'm not kidding, I was absolutely dead sober at the time. <laughs> it was the most it was the weirdest thing that's happened to me in a long time. I, I I have to say. And 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 it continues on with the irony of my life. Yeah. That the only bar that I could get kicked out of only has Apple people in it. <laughs> so, so and, and here's but here's the addendum to that story i came back in and i thought well i'm going to be the most clever human being in the world and i got a lenovo phone that then died within half an hour <laughs> and, 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 and so I, I go in there and i say yeah it's got two really bad problems. One, it continues to hang up on people just like my iPhone did. And when you plug in the jack, and I showed her, you plugged in the jack like this, and it just falls out. And I go, <laughs> you know what? This usually only happens after John Holmes has been around. <laughs> the, the diggler, the diggler, the diggler. Uh, and, and, and I almost got kicked out of that. <laughs> that phone store. <laughs> Did they fix it? Uh, you know what? You're not going to believe this. <laughs> but they said, well, we can give you another one. And I go, well, I. it seems that, like that's kind of an engineering problem, is it? Isn't it? And she goes, oh, no, it's not an engineering problem. Here's a Galaxy X7 or here's a Galaxy X8 that you'll just love. And she took her headphones on a brand new ga- Galaxy 8 plugged it in and John Holmes had been there again. (laughs) So you're not going to believe this. I actually custom ordered an iPhone seven. Because you know what? Here's the thing. I always know who screwed my iPhones at least. And Apple's people at Apple have small people. Penises. So at least it's not going to mess up my jack. So this, this one doesn't have one. 
So after this so, episode airs, just be you have your rotary phone ready. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because Steve Jobs' ghost is going to come and take away all your iPhone access. Well, he's going to have to go to the uh, the old west. Uh, uh, Morse code. Yeah, no. My wife, uh, Telegram. My, Pony Express. My, my wife used to say that uh, that the problem with me getting older is that anything that was made after 1983 and its technology has a tendency to burst into flames when I'm around. <laughs> I think we referenced that in the book at some point. I think, I think I think I actually did. Hey, Mick, my wife sends her love. She's downstairs taking care of some cooking and stuff, so she says hi if she misses. Well, there what, you go. What do we she, have? Now, now, what did she say about the book? Because she loves she loves what she she loves what she read. She says, "I can't believe it looks that good." She said, "You know that there are people." at this con in August that are going to fall in love with that when they see just the design. I said, yeah, and that's before they even read it. They're going to just love the way it looks. So Should we do an introduction win -win. as to what the book is? Yeah, let's talk about the introduction. So you guys are about ready to start your big Kickstarter, right? And what are you starting your Kickstarter for? <laughs> it's already live, it's buddy. <laughs> it just, well, I, let's just you know, pretend it, that it, this episode came out 24 hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody kiss my well, ass and introduce your book. <laughs> Here's the weird thing is we uh, we had a, a, a date that was going to be Tuesday of next week. and But the thing is, is I'm working with a guy that um, yeah, is really common at Kickstarter. Yeah. Uh, he's done a lot of them. And beans is I wanted to make sure that it was done by Tuesday. They gave me Tuesday as the day that they would be done. And, and I just put instructions on it that said, okay, well, it's as soon as you get it done on Tuesday – just go ahead and, 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 and fired up, right? Yeah. And they approved it today <laughs> and then fired it up. So uh, yeah, I'm caught a little unawares, but um, there we go. It's okay. I think well, I've already shared it on Facebook. Have you guys already shared it yet? Yeah. Okay, cool. I will do so when I get home. Yeah. yeah. And, and and to tell you the truth, next week we're going to drop off this first chapter, which you you, you now, uh, Saley, if you want to take a look at it, uh Saley's got it on. She's got a PDF of it on her phone right now. You guys can take a look. You want us to stop uh, the show now and read it? <laughs> why don't you? Take, well, no, just take a, take a look at it. It'd be great. Stop the show. Stop right, the show. Right, right now. now. <laughs> you can't be subtle with these guys, guys, man. Do you oh, guys have it's... any idea how to edit? Can, can no. Have, have you is, seen the show? Is this is going to be like that scene in Funny Farm where Chevy Chase lands his book down in front of Mary and no. makes, him, makes his That's it. I'm funny. tired. I'm going to hang myself yeah. with this <laughs> blockchain. Exactly. I'm going to hang myself uh, with can we chain, have, right? uh, Can we have Chad just read the first couple sentences? It's Dr. Claw. Can we? Can we? It was the first. <laughs> no, I can't even do it. Well, you know. Robert E. Glitzen, hi. <laughs> so... Well, well, that's good enough. That, that's just like you did read it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let, let me ask you both the question: When? Do, how long does the Kickstarter go till? I mean, how long? Forty are, days. Forty days. Forty days and forty nights. Forty days and forty. Forty yeah. days and thirty nine you, nights. You know then, what? I I mean, yeah. just like Jeff Jeff Sessions, I'm going to be biblical. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, there you go, because I think this episode we were just texting comes out July 1st. What are you doing with your finger up there? <laughs> I'm, I'm picking its nose. Let me ask you all another question. <laughs> this isn't about the Kickstarter, but it is about the book. I have 
Mick and the three of us have, and the four of us, I should say, Haley, have spent some time talking now over the last, it's going to be a year yeah, in welcome. September. And Blake, we've we've gotten to know each other. How in the hell do you get any work done, Blake? <laughs> I, I, he, I, I can't do it. Well, I can't look at him. That's why we do audio Skype. I can't look at his face because if I do, I bust out into laughter. It's like a, d- a disability for me or something. I don't know. I mean, it's a legitimate question because, like we said, we were talking about the entertainment industry, and somehow or another, we ended up about his damn dad on a plane and my dad and him getting thrown out of the genius bar. So... <laughs> Well, Did you see that uh, picture yeah. he posted after with the skull on his head? I told him, I said, wow, you get thrown out of the genius bar and you're like a new fucking man. <laughs> yeah, nobody saw my post about did Godzilla poop on him. But yes. Well, <laughs> we saw it. We just chose, wait, to, ignore we chose it. to ignore it. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. You have to understand that this was concept art. The idea was this, and unfortunately I don't have a picture of the back of me because the back of me has a rib cage. You can see the skeleton's rib cage and its head, and you get the idea that it's throwing up on me. And it's if you if you look closer, you can actually see all the little pieces of bone. Oh, that, the idea is this: is that it is a skeleton. And here's the thing: I learned something that year that I'm never going to do another costume again because I don't understand Halloween. Because my idea is that Halloween should scare you. And not in a goofy gag way, in a way that I would scare you. <laughs> and here's the problem. Can you do that again <laughs> slowly with your finger in your mouth? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Here's the problem. I need an adult. I, uh. in, I, I went into a store with that outfit on. And well, it's because I really couldn't get it off because basically we had glued it to me. And so on the way and the way my my wife says on the way you're going to the party, you're going to have to stop and you're going to have to get. And she gave me a list. And so I'm walking through the list with that thing on. Right. It's and I turned on the candy aisle and there's this 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 uh, Mexican family. Uh and they are, uh, it's uh, it's a, a mother and all of her kids and her grandmother. And they're about halfway down the aisle. And the kids turn and they all see me and they scream at the top of their lungs and run and then split two different ways. And the, the mother is looking at a bag of candy. And she, she's going like this. She looks to see her kids go. And then she looks back to see what they saw. And then she screams and she runs and goes around the corner too. <laughs> and then, and then, so, so, <laughs> so I look at the grandmother and the grandmother looks up at me and just, you know, small curl them. And, and she just very quietly looks, get back to the Amil. <laughs> and, and I realize and, and here's the thing. That was the friendliest thing that happened to me between there and the party. I mean, absolutely everybody was looking like, like you really don't understand Halloween, do you? You know, that, that it would be sort of like uh, it, it was akin to like thinking to going and killing your neighbor and carrying them around over your uh, shoulder on Halloween. 
Halloween and thinking that that was Halloween. <laughs> so I, I probably so the chances are I probably went a little too far. Yeah, because back then costumes were just plastic masks with slits in the middle and then a garbage yeah. bag with a picture of the character that you're actually wearing <laughs> on the mask. Or the ghost was a, was a, was a sheet with two yeah. holes. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People, did, people didn't do that. I mean, I, it, was, it was too far. I, and I, I, I actually won the costume contest at the party that we went to for my kids. But at the same time... There was a guy, the guy next to me was a guy in a shower, right? And he took second place. And and the thing is, is I really would just as soon have had him one win because everybody was afraid to look at me and they were all gathered around him going, oh, wow, this is a wonderful contraption. You got water that comes down and everything <laughs> out like this. And I'm standing like, uh, like 15 feet away and they're just like going. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that's, that's the look that's, I get everywhere just, I go. Yeah, you do. Well, that's really disgusting. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, what... I mean, honest to God, that's disgusting. And I was like, wow. So uh, so it, it, technically, I I won Halloween that year, but... Um, and you beat Ralph Macchio. I, I just gave up. I gave up the title. I retired it. <laughs> so back to the book. <laughs> Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We were talking about the book. No, you're fine. You're fine. I, what it was is, back to the book, how long have you guys been writing? How long did it take? Uh, we're for about uh, five, five, six months, something like that. Yeah. yeah. I started I started a little bit beforehand, but that's because I already had Steve Johnson and a couple of other ones done. But, yeah, about overall, about five, five and a half months, yeah. Yeah, and getting getting the interviews has been so much more work than I uh, thought it would be. I mean, <laughs> you know, tracking people down and and and, and you know the, the thing is is a lot of these people are people that I know and at least know me, and still right. at the same time, um, it was thirty years ago, and um, and this is a. Uh, you know, and they're all over the United States. You know, uh, uh, a lot of them, you know, have have careers that have gone on and stuff. And a lot of them, uh, they had to see the film first to even remember it. You know, because uh, it, and it was funny because once they saw the film, uh, they they came back to me going, "Wow!" And, and you you'll see. I mean, you know. Uh, Blake has seen. There's an amazing amount of uh, of enthusiasm uh, for it, but you know, it was a it was a long time ago. Yeah, you and I talked about this the other day because we were kind of, you were, I was complaining to you about getting guests on Bonehead, and and you and then you were making me kind of feel better about having such a hard time of people you actually knew getting back to you. Yeah, and, that's and, right. and one of the funniest things you said was. And you told me to stop doing it was the scariest thing you can say to anyone over fifty, or you said it's close to this was the word Skype. Yeah, right. <laughs> it so, so like right? I told you, is you have to call, you have to get the dial-up section of Skype because the recorder is set up on your side, right? Mm -hmm. So you use the recorder on your side, but you use the dial-up stuff, which is going to cost you three cents a minute, by the way. Yeah. And, and 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 here I'll tell you, this is how much I use that. Instead of going Skype to Skype, I use the three cents a minute. And so far, I've spent thirty-seven dollars at three cents a minute. You know, which is a hell—it's a hell of a lot of minutes. And that is That's a lot how, of minutes. 
that's that, that's how many recordings I have sitting back there. And that doesn't include the people that I called, you know, because but it recorded very nicely. And um, and we're actually editing as as one of the uh, if you spend one perks, any dollars, yeah. one of the perks is that you get to hear uh, the complete uh, uh, interview with uh, Robert England. And we're editing in some of the other ones, maybe the one with Bob Shea. Yeah, and, uh, I've got I've got all of Mick's. Mick doesn't even have his. I've got about six and a half hours to just Mick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he's also got the one the one that I did with um, with uh, Peter Chesney, which is probably one of the funniest ones. And Rachel's Rachel's yeah. are pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rachel yeah, but, Talloway but, for our audience, correct? Right, Rachel yeah, Talloway. Rachel Talloway yep. Yeah, and Peter Chesney, who was uh, image engineering and has done many, many, many gags. Uh, one of the funniest things is him telling a story about uh, uh, about how um, he used. I came up with the idea in a meeting of of stopping the truck, uh, basically the truck hitting nothing. Yeah, and. Because I was trying to get out of a meeting. Um, <laughs> absolutely, it had gone for this meeting had gone for two hours. Yeah. Uh, and 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 we had we after two hours, uh, you know, your brain goes that you, it basically pours out of your ears. Right. Yeah. And that's how he describes it in the book exactly. And, yeah. and then you go and then you go to brush something off of your shirt, and it's your brain. And then you're and then you're in a meeting. And you don't have a brain. Yeah. And you come up with this idea. Literally, we were discussing that the truck had somehow turned into the inside of an airliner, mm -hmm. and we were um, we were uh, trying to decide whether Freddie was the co-pilot or Freddie was the stewardess coming in. You know, yeah. and uh, and I was just sitting there. And I thought, oh my god. I, Virgin, Virgin I, Airlines from hell. I, I, I thought, oh my god, I just, I, I, I would just love to hit nothing. Then I sat there, and some PA that was over sitting on the corner of the meeting goes, well, what would, the, what would that look like? And I realized that I had said it out loud. And then I went, yeah, what would that look like? <laughs> and And in the end, that is how we came up with you know the the effect, and yeah. uh, we hit we hit nothing. It was amazing effect. Um, uh, I I was so pleased with it. You just couldn't believe it. But Peter Chesney talks about doing it in um, in Oh Brother Where Art Thou with a the CGI cow, yeah. yeah, with the CGI cow. And what he did is he used a cable just like we did, and ran a a Ford uh, Model T to the end of the cable, and then smashed. Into the into the front bumper, just like just exactly like we did, mm -hmm. and um, and he describes how he got he gets yanked into court because they think that he killed the cow. Really? <laughs> yeah, they they literally just CGI'd the cow dying, you know, in front of the the crashed car, and it was so realistic looking. They thought that. Uh, for sure that they had um, killed a cow and uh, he had to go to court to get charges dismissed. Um, yeah, didn't PETA come to set to watch them do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah I had to come in and prove it. And um, yeah, yeah. You know, life is just so full of stupid sometimes. It is so full of stupid, but at the same time, I can see how that's aggravating, but a huge compliment all in the same time. Oh, yeah. Right? 
Yeah, listen, you know, my life has been completely, uh, and so has Peter's, been completely full of backhanded compliments, you know. Yeah. You, you, you know you know that your life is really going in the right direction when you're you're sitting in jail and you're getting compliments? That's <laughs> that, that's the peak of it right yeah. there. That's that's where apparently, Mitt calls compliments that the first. land of unintended consequences. <laughs> it's the, the yes. great land of unintended consequences. It's, I've been there so many times. <laughs> now, as you guys were going through and doing all the interviews, I'm curious. You said uh, Pete Chesney did a good job. That uh, Rachel Talalay had some good stories. Who was your favorite? No pressure. Maybe and maybe it's different <laughs> for both of you too. I'd I'd like uh, to hear from both of you. You know what? There is. Uh, yeah. Um, I tell you, I, the sweetest was Toy Newkirk. She is. She is. She's just amazing she's an amazing person and the thing thing that really amazes me is she's still a sweet person and she's uh involved in production now oh yeah well you so know? what did she do what was she what was her job on that marathon oh, so, oh well uh she was uh she was deflated by freddie right 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 okay <laughs> so why was she, she the sweet why why did why did she come to your mind uh she was just so fun to talk to you know, uh, and, and, you know, the funny thing about it is, is some of these people were just amazingly hard to get a hold of. I mean, they literally took two months to get a hold of them and back and forth and back and forth. And then and and you get this unintentional anger, you know, built up inside of you. And, and, and then you have to leave that all behind because doing a good interview is a lot of work. It's, yeah. it's fairly difficult. And and yeah, and I go into them without knowing what I'm going to say because I'm I'm listening for cues to move that to to get kind of the feeling that I want because my interviews are probably more about feeling uh than they are about the specific nuts and bolts of things because what was amazing about Nightmare on Elm Street 4 was that feeling but it is hard to like track somebody down for two or three months and then <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you realize that they're still a decent person. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you built a monster, but you built it in your head. And uh, but but Robert England is always an amazing guy to talk to. I love what I, I talk to Robert every once in a while, and just just he's uh, Robert has this tendency to to um, it's to start in a weird place. Like in the inter in this interview, he starts in um, Europe. Mm -hmm. And he's sitting in a in in a party with um, uh, Bunuel, who's a very famous uh, Spanish uh, director, and uh, and uh, Bergman. He he's at a party with Bunuel and Bergman and some of the beauties of the of the period, Sophia Loren yeah. stuff. And he's and 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 he he's realizing that. These uh, these people appreciate the the films and and his work uh, not as a horror film. They don't see it as being uh, because you know. Let's face it, uh, doing horror films in the eighties in LA puts you um, right below lawyers and barely above porn star actresses right, right, right. as far as you know. <laughs> is as far as social strata right, right. and so forth you know i mean we were we were the lowest of the low and uh, it, and it, he realized that it wasn't that way in europe right. and that some and that someday you know 
people would you know appreciate it and 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 he stuck to Freddie, but he starts the tail over there and just winds it around. It, it winds. He starts the story there like uh, eight years before Nightmare on Elm Street Four, and sort of takes us through the steps, uh, getting to the film itself. And, and another thing that I've discovered is that a lot of what everybody is talking about are almost everybody on that film had done something, uh, and and for the most part, many things. They had done for New Line Cinema. You know, they worked on any one of a number of the nightmares, or they had, uh, like Rachel Towley, or, or um, uh, they had worked on. You have Rick Barker who who worked on Nightmare on Elm Street Three, and then The Hidden, and then uh, and then worked on Critter. He also worked on Critters Two, and and and, and there was uh, quite a few elements of family that I'm going to put back into the book into a new chapter. I'm rearranging, you know, to just give you a, a feel of what it was like to be in this incredibly dysfunctional, lots of fun, but, you know, th this weird family. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I would uh, I also like talking to Lisa Wilcox. Amazing thing is the editor, um, his name's Michael Canoon. If you look him up, he's done some really big stuff. Yeah. And he made some incredibly good points. And, um, um, and and then I was talking to an entirely crazy man who did the promotions for it. His name was Kevin Benson. He's the cra one of the craziest mothers in the world. You know, he, um, it, it's been a lot of fun. I have to tell you, I think that I have approximately, uh, actually, Kurt was telling me that it, we're about, I'm at about 44 hours of, uh, of interviews. That I've had people cold, you know, cold through, and we've gone through and edited them down. That's great. Hey, Blake. So, who's been your favorite one so far as you've been working through this? Well, so far I've had four four favorites. Uh, Mick is probably number one because Mick is hilarious, and so you feel cool. like when he tells a story, <laughs> he takes you there. You're right there yeah. in the middle of of uh, Valencia or uh, out there in. in uh, Canyon Country when he falls out of his car and slithers into the office and locks the door on everybody for 20 <laughs> minutes so he can wake up. Uh, because he had that talk with Rachel at the beginning. Rachel came to him and was like, where do you want to do the movie? Do you want to do it way the hell down here? Do you want to do it 10 minutes from your house? It's up to you. And he's like, 10 minutes from my house? You know? So uh, he tells these great stories about all the things that happen. And you'll there's so much. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. And I have to give him all the props because he... You know, he had an idea for a Nightmare 4 book. I had an idea for a Nightmare 4 book, but it didn't come together like gangbusters until we put those ideas together and became a team. And I have to give him all the all the credit for that because, you know, he's my partner, but he's also my boss. So that's really kind of <laughs> interesting kind of dichotomy. But he's number one. Robert, uh, Robert, I haven't listened to his all the way through, but Robert actually mixed said, by the way, Robert's busy, but he sends his regards to you. Robert and I go back so many years, and getting Robert and I and Mick together over drinks would be one hell of a party, Yeah, let me tell you. Right. But uh, outside of that, uh, I think Bill Forsh and, and uh, Nick Benson and, uh, and Rachel. Great. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it, 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 it's funny. I, I don't think that Rachel uh, remembers it as well, uh, but... Um, but she's always fun to talk to. <laughs> you 
she's 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 really honestly she's the one that actually uh at my sister's funeral she came up to me and she said you know you you ought to think about your legacy and this is four years ago and i go what my my what did you did you say legacy and she says yeah she says look just just don't take my just look around a little you know and and there's a truth in hollywood that you, you when you're in there nothing feels nothing it feels like it's a it's it's a huge factory mm-hmm. that that you never know yeah it's a kind of like working construction in a way right. because you know the jobs come and go and and you leave these big huge pieces of yourself that you've built and and you don't even think about it as you as you're walking away you know you you have all these plans that you you're reading and these you know maybe you design the house in, in my case i would have designed the house and all right and, and and i would take my pay at the end of it and i'd walk away and wouldn't think about it, it wouldn't burn a brain cell again ever again unless somebody happens to bring it up and you look back and you go wow you know i and that's what happened with I us. did all that. That's what happened with our meeting when we first met and became friends. Years ago, I was a, a co-host on a really, a really, really raunchy, kind of out-of-control, drunken fucking podcast. And they reached out and was said, it called hey, Bonehead? You know, reach out to some people. Uh, what? Was it called Bonehead? <laughs> no. No, it wasn't. But uh, it was called Travis and Vic's Drunken Horror Adventures. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so Mick and I got to talking, and that's how our friendship sort of started. Because I loved, I grew up with all his work, and... I agree with Rachel. He has a legacy. Whenever I turn on a movie, nine times out of ten, I will see something that will remind me of Mick. I was watching The Cable Guy recently, and all of a sudden they had all these cars stacked up, and the lights started going on and off in this parking garage. And I was like, Mick Strong, right there. They took it and didn't even give him credit. Yeah, but every time in the junkyard, the junkyard and the cockroach and the kaleidoscope room are three of them are three or four of the most talked about nightmare sets in the history of the series. And and, I mean, the the junkyard set got even better on four. I think it was better on four than it was on three. It just it felt creepier to me. And again, people don't think about what a production designer does. And we go into that in the book. There is a lot more than just designing the production. There is a lot more than that. You'll find out. It's about digging people out of methyl cellulose that almost drown themselves. It's about keeping late night hours. It's about driving four or five hundred miles a day. It's all that and more. Yeah. What do you uh, for our listeners? What are you taking out there, Mick? For the people who may not be watching or listening. (laughs) Well, if they're not listening, they're not going to hear. Oh, shut up. Friend of mine. A friend of mine sent me this. It, it, it's a, a couple of books with Nightmare on Elm Street three and four uh, photos in it, and there's a couple things that I. This is the very beginning. Let me see if I can do this. I don't know if you see that right there. That's yeah. the very beginnings. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's after probably the first uh, week and a half. That's the junkyard. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have cleared that huge, that's about an acre in the middle that we have cleared, and we're going to start feeding the cars back in and cabling them back together. Uh, and let me show you, I just got all these photos in. Uh, I, I think this is, this is one of my favorites. If you see, if you see, this is, this is, reminds me of the 80s. If you take a look at this guy right here, uh, my, my friend, 
just happened to take a picture as the car that was behind him burst into flames. And you can oh. see that he's got no idea <laughs> that it's On burning. Fire. Yeah. But but what's better is maybe he does have an idea that it's burning and he just hasn't gotten bad enough yet so that he cares. He cares. <laughs> yeah. are, are those from Vince? Uh, yeah, these are from Vince. And this this is a this is an amazing picture. Uh, very difficult to see, but that's two hundred and or no, that's one hundred and ninety-seven uh, matchbook cars. Let's see if you can see it like that. Yeah, that's a little better. That's a model. That's the model. Literally, that model stood in the middle of all of this <laughs> yeah. through the whole and and it actually came out exactly like that enough. So much so that we could make a model. We made a model concurrently at the same time off of this model. We made the model with the cars. And then while we were filming that, I took these cars over to the optical place and they made the bigger model off of the same pattern as these cars were. So that's how that's a that was an important little piece of something. And you of took course, it to Dream Quest, Mick. Is that where you took it? Yes, to yeah. Dream Quest. And and that, like everything else, and this is this is a great overhead shot right here. Take a look at this real quick. This is the last one I'm going to do. So this it's for. a. Do you, do you see that tunnel in the middle? Yeah, it's a picture yeah. of the car okay. in the tunnel. Yeah. This is an overhead shot as we're building it, including uh, we're just about starting to load in the frames. For the uh, um, for the cars that block off Kincaid as he's running, yeah, and that's that's one of the hallways, or one of the quote unquote hallways, and and because uh, because I wanted the lie, this is this is the you see the wood there, yeah, okay, that that's the beginning of the crack in the ground. Mm -hmm. And there's a device that goes over it that actually opens up the crack so that we can see it in the wide shot there. So, uh, so that's for Freddy's resurrection sequence, Joe, when he comes up and the bones pull back together. You know, I'm sitting here looking at this and all the practical effects and what's going through my mind. And we've talked about this before. And I'm not throwing off on Blumhouse or any of that. But, you know, horror films are basically become not low budget, but zero budget for the most part films now. Right, right, right. Very, but. You know what? I, and obviously, I really, some money was spent there for some practical oh, effects. Right. Uh, I probably spent about a million point. It's it's in it's an argument because uh, a lot of the money that I spent, I actually went and gave it to other departments in order to beef them up uh, because you can't make something in a vacuum. Yeah. Uh, I had to make sure that. Not only, and this is this is something that people don't think about a lot. But you know, if you're the production designer and and you spend, uh, you spend a million dollars, and they don't get it on the screen, that's your fault. It's not it's not the fault of anybody but you. Right. And so, if if I had to take point one, if I had to take a hundred thousand, spread it around so that you know. Other departments could get the right lights, or they could get the right, they could get um, the the opticals right, or something like that. By God, I would do it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> because we were everywhere. I mean, we were all over LA. 
one, one thing I wanted to say, because the Kickstarter, when this airs, will be still going on, and we definitely want to direct people to that, but one of the things that has came up before, as we've talked to Mr. Von Schally and some other people, is that Kickstarter seems to be a way to go for people that are creating these books and these stories because you don't have to wait and you don't have to let other people edit out the story you want to tell. Well, you know, here's, here's, this here's is the other fear. conversation you and I had the other night. Remember, we were just we we just had that. I, I yeah. it's because there's no middle. There's yeah. no middle no anymore with a publisher. You, a publisher is going to turn around and take your manuscript or whatever you know, all your hard work, and they're going to give you. They are going to give you a lowball thousand bucks, and say, "Well, thank you very much." And as soon as it makes such and such and such and such, then you're going to start to get royalties over and above that, and they have they have lawyers and everything else to make sure that that never happens right. even if it does happen and 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 at the same time creative accounting the, mm -hmm. exactly and the same time uh uh what used to be called vanity presses which were for old ladies that you know wrote a, a book about you know the history of their family or their little town and and they wanted to be a published author, so they would they would buy a hundred books and, and and you know sell them around the town. You know, this is way beyond that. All of a sudden, these presses have become popular, and pe people are learning how to uh, how to base what they earn on a thousand books, right? Uh, in other words, for a thousand books, I can make a little bit of money. We can take. We can both get some uh, books to mm. take with us to the cons and and to sell off and and uh, and you get some really interesting stuff. I mean, particularly I think in our case, you, this is a uh, this is pretty cool stuff. Right. Uh, you know. This, otherwise, I don't think this story would get out. You know, the the world is becoming about smaller pockets of 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 consuming and smaller pockets of creativity. Well, that was one of the things, too, that I wanted to say was, um, in, in talking to Mr. Von Schally, one of the things that he talked about, one of the projects that he's had done and has had done for quite some time is going to come out eventually. Eventually. And he talked about, because uh, I talked to him, because he mentioned it when we talked to him, and he said that there... Blake! What are you doing? Stop it! <laughs> I, thank you for... <laughs> he's cutting out the mic. <laughs> Who? You are. Aren't I'm you? not. I'm not doing anything. No. It's it's the chain, you ding back. I don't have a chain. I'm sitting right here. I don't have anything. Who's got his chain? Did Nobody's got one. I've been yanking my. I was gonna say, oh, Joe chain. took my joke. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Stole it. Stole it. Okay. But mm -hmm. but uh, anyway, the. Uh... <laughs> I, I think this the Kickstarter and, and programs like this have stopped that wait. That, you know, the publisher decides when something comes out. And that was something right. that we talked yeah. about there was that fans would get excited because they would hear something was coming. And in some cases, it, it's been 18 months, two years. And I think what's exciting to me about this being through Kickstarter is <coughs> you all will be able to get feedback from fans and get it in their hot little hands quickly. Why did you say hot? I agree, and, and we're going to move along as uh, fast as we possibly can. We've got everything that we need now. We've got the photos collected. We have the stories collected. Uh, uh, it's uh, it, We now have a template for the uh, 
for the look of the whole thing, uh, which is going to be very graphic and very, um, I, I think you're really going to like the look. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I tried to make this uh, fun and, and, and humorous and, and interesting uh, and not very scholarly, which is probably a pretty good description of my life. <laughs> I mean, except for the fun and interesting part, yeah. <laughs> Love you. But, Did you see that sucker snuck up on you? <laughs> loving kisses, loving kisses. I, you know, I, I think, though, that's actually the best part about it is because what I found is when people aim for scholarly, they miss it. And it's often the true stories that are much more scholarly. Yeah. Well, every time I aim for scholarly, I have to get a tissue and clean around the toilet. <laughs> Ooh! I too, can't soon. We went there. too soon. Too <laughs> soon. I can't. I can't. He works on boogie nights for Christ's sake. There was giant rubber penises being thrown at him. Oh Jesus. well, and real and real penises. That's just a Saturday. <laughs> that's just a regular Saturday. Don't, don't forget the real penises. I haven't been able to. <laughs> so, <coughs> our, our I don't know what just happened. I need a moment. <laughs> our producer director keeps reminding me about the time too. So, gentlemen, if you could give one shout out for why people should go out and support this Kickstarter, what would it be? This is going to be the book. This is going to be this is going to be the the book that you want. Uh, for Nightmare on Elm Street 4, it's going to have the feel of it. It's going to have it's going to have that circus look of it. Um, it. It's going to tell you a lot of things that you don't know, and it's going to do it in a funny way and, and a beautiful way. And the thing is, is it'll be right there on the back of the toilet every time you take a crap. <laughs> and, and is that part it's, of the Kickstarter? It, it's going to get you through the hard drop. <laughs> is that I think we uh, just yeah, titled this true. episode. I mean, It'll get you through the hard drop. drop. Yeah. Uh, you can't really beat that. Are you going to sell this with a squatty potty? <laughs> <laughs> How much do I have to donate to get a branded squatty what is potty? It, Joe? Yeah. Joe, are you saying something, buddy? Yeah, listen, I'm, trying listen, to get, just, I'm trying to get Blake's response to it. I was going to say, it takes just a whole new meaning to behind the screen. It's because your squatty potty has uh, racing stripes. Blake, what would you say? What would you say? Blake. Oh, well, uh, first, as far as the, the potty goes, as long as they're red and green striped, racing stripes, we're good. Oh. <laughs> then but, you have uh, other issues. <laughs> yeah. Medical but, uh, issues. As far as this book goes, uh, this book is unlike any other book I've ever seen or any other project I've ever worked on. It is, it is, the, be it is the best and worst of what went on during Nightmare 4, but it is the complete story of what went on. With, with Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4. And if you're a fan of Freddy or a fan of Nightmare in general, uh, you're going to love the book, and it's going to tell you everything you ever wanted to know and, and lots of things that you probably will never forget and probably some things you didn't want to know. <laughs> Can I add but one thing to this? Can I, may I add one thing to this? I, and I haven't read the book. But I bet it's going to have a perspective that other documentaries haven't had. Maybe those made by someone with the last name of Lagenkamp and other things as far as it goes through it. Because 
This is actually going to be told from the perspective of the individuals who are boots on the ground, not to use a cliche, who are actually there in the mud doing it day in and day out. With their hot little hands. With their hot little hands. I mean, look, we all know what went on in front of the camera, but do any of us really, right. really honestly know what went on behind it? This so is for our the fans screen. out there. I think the question is, is do any of us remember? <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> so for our fans out there who love our production people, who love hearing from all the people behind the scenes, this is the book for that. And, and I yes. will say right now, um, I haven't read the book either, obviously. Uh, it's not out yet. But based on how entertaining you gentlemen are, I guarantee you right now when I get home, I will pledge to your Kickstarter. The Boneheads will pledge to your Kickstarter. We will be glad to support. We because... appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, should we also? How would you? Um, so, how can our viewers slash listeners navigate to the Kickstarter? Yeah, what should say, should they search on Kickstarter to find it? Um, behind the screams. Behind the screams. You, know, like, you can you can go to Kickstarter and just look for the name of the book behind the screams. Yeah. Got it. That, that would be the easiest way to do it. That would I be kickstarter.com, not kickstarter.edu. Did, did, did you want? Yeah. <laughs> did you want me? To, did you want me to say the link? <laughs> it's too long. It's too long. It's H T T P. H T T P. Ah, you said P. Oh, 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 oh! It's them it's two dotted dots that are stacked up. <laughs> So anyway, oh look, the cat's holding on. Like, uh. <laughs> yeah. You guys hold on for a second. We're gonna wrap up the show. Just want to shit one more time. You said what? Just you did not show. say what you I said. Done. Shit for some reason. I don't. Mean I thought to. he said shed. I it's was like, I said like a lizard. It's the disease, the hand, foot, and mouth. Uh... The, he's giving me the foot and mouth chlamydia. Yeah, yeah. So that being said, go out, support Kickstarter, support these gentlemen in their book, buy the book. And look at all the. What in the hell are you doing? <laughs> go to CreepyCon. <laughs> go to CreepyCon. Meet Blake. Oh yeah, go to CreepyCon and meet Blake. Uh, Mick, do you have any cons coming up really quick? Uh, let's see. Uh, I I, I really don't quick. really quick. I have. I, I'm going to be in Salt Lake City uh, here pretty soon. Pretty quick. But to place. tell you the truth, I've been. I I I'm going to go out and run around with a bunch of guys uh, and do a. Uh, Film called with uh, Jason, so that I can uh, called Mythos. It's a uh, it's a, a Jason fan film, uh -huh. and I was gonna go run around uh, this weekend with them out in the woods and uh, show them how old people did it, <laughs> and uh, probably wet myself a couple times. Oh, how old pants. people did what? Run around the woods? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I was gonna go. I was gonna come out from behind a tree, put pulling my pants up, going nuts. <laughs> we'll have fun with that. I do, do other people know you're doing this just in case this becomes your last known photo and we need to turn this footage <laughs> on? Honestly, this yeah. sounds like a real this sounds like a Netflix horror film. So <laughs> aging movie person gets paid by teenagers to show up in the woods. That is a horrible movie title, Joe. <laughs> Which one? All of it. All of it? Uh, hey, hey, sometimes sometimes those abandonment issues are real. <laughs> that being Truth. said one last time bonehead people subscribe to us on, on us on itunes soundcloud and youtube check out dream warrior review also as well it's a, it's a wonderful podcast with your friend kurt 
Thomas, right? Yes. Kurt Thomas, yeah. Yes, Kurt Thomas. Check out Blake's websites, correct? Yeah. Go to CreepyCon. Go to CreepyCon and see Blake get some shit signed, get some pictures. <laughs> yes. And if the nothing books, else. The books, the books, yes. There's going to be signed and unsigned copies there, yes. And on top of that, support the Kickstarter. Let's support get it done. Support the Kickstarter. Get yeah, this book in your hot little hand. Really, really, you're going to enjoy this book. It's it's uh, been a process. It really has. And, 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 and hopefully... What? <laughs> Hopefully what? Hopefully what? Oh, God, it's a cliffhanger. We got to tune in next week. <laughs> tune in next week to see Mick Strawn have another stroke. <laughs> Thank you. This has been Bonehead. We're out. Anyway, oh. I am uh, James Thomas, part of Bonehead, and due to some court-ordered community service hours, we're going to do a public service announcement. Remember when we took that week off? Anyway. Uh, when did that happen? Shut up, Chad. <laughs> anyway, Chad, who turned state's evidence against us, doesn't have to be in the PSA. Yeah, you don't roll over on family or... you. Sh I, do I shouldn't roll over on anyone. I'm fat. Yeah, kill it. I mean, Technically, my, my voice is on the PSA, so technically I'm in the PSA, so James's comment doesn't... Shut Chad! Oh, yeah, yeah. In your court-ordered uh, uh, witness protection <laughs> crap. Anyway. Our PSA is? We're here to warn you about the danger of, dangers of ticks. Right. Tick, it is tick season, and yeah. as ticks are out... They do bite people. They can spread Lyme disease. But if you've been watching this episode, you know that Chad was also bitten by several ticks. Right. And because way, of that... This PSA would have been funnier if you said I was on quarantine from Lyme disease because of ticks, but we can't go back and... No, now. Chad. What I'm trying to warn the good... Nobody people, cares, Chad! What I'm trying to warn the good people about is Lyme disease there is medical treatment for. It's still a horrible disease, don't get me wrong. But since ticks have been sucking on Chad... If they bite you, you could get what Chad has. Just ask Mrs. Jennings. And do you want to have what Chad has? Or Mrs. Jennings? Do you? Do you? Do you? Do you? one of you are a Henny Youngman. You, you <laughs> sir, are no Count of Monte Cristo. You know Cristo. what? You I know knew what? the Count of Monte I Cristo. knew Bobby Kennedy. I met Bobby Kennedy, and you're no JFK. Anyway. I'm going to go do I'm the not, cocaine. I'm not an airport? <laughs> You, sir, are LaGuardia mm, at, best. at best. And we're talking unclean bathroom, yeah. long business flight delay LaGuardia. You're janky, if I've learned a word this week. <laughs> I got told that, my, that I was playing cards, and somebody told me my, my deck shuffling was janky. Yeah, somebody said their toes were janky this week. Co-worker. Anyway, if you don't want to get the Jennings jank, which is what the ticks will give you, watch out for ticks this summer. Don't you get don't, the JJ. Mm -mm. No, no, there ain't no cure for the Jennings jank. Are we done now? I hope we are. Where's, where's my attorney? Where's my vodka and orange juice? Make sure you pick out the ticks with your hot little hands. <laughs> 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 <laughs>